This podcast is a proud member of the CypherCast Network. Discover more at CypherCast.net. And follow us on Twitter at CypherCastNet. Welcome to Incantations, an Invisible Sun podcast. I am Scott. And I'm Dave. And we will be your guides along the path of suns. Today we sing two spells. With the careful gaze of the Gregory, we discuss Monty Cook's Design Diary 1 blog post. And then with A Distant Light Pierces the Mist, we talk about the Kickstarter ARG. Join us on the path of suns and we may uncover a secret or two. This is Scott from another Plane of the Actuality again. This is just a reminder that the previous episode included our discussion of Monty Cook's design diaries. This episode, episode 7, will just discuss the ARG associated with the Kickstarter campaign. We split the two discussions because each ran longer than intended. We should be back to two segments with episode 8 if we can contain our excitement and keep our discussions short. Please provide feedback via Twitter, the blog, or the Invisible Sun G community if you want to see us have longer episodes, more or different segments, etc. For now, we're trying to keep it simple and short. In A Distant Light Pierces the Mist, we discuss inspirations for Invisible Sun games. Today, we will discuss the ARG that ran during the Invisible Sun Kickstarter and how we might use it for our games. All right, so we're going to start things off nice and slow, and we're going to talk about what an ARG is. Uh, I'm going to keep pronouncing it as an ARG because uh, I don't like a lot of syllables. Uh, but basically, it's an alternate reality game, and that's a game that uses the real world uh, as its platform, along with uh, different you know, types of media for storytelling, uh, and it can be altered by you know, how the players interact with it and their ideas and their actions. So there have been a bunch of args out there for you know, Nine Inch Nails and Halo. I think I've talked about this uh, on a previous episode. Um, and I don't want to get into detail about uh, the other args because I'm not actually terribly familiar with them. I just know that they exist and, and people have been playing them. Um, but the, the arg for Invisible Sun kicked off at Gen Con 2016. So they had an announcement uh, during the convention. Uh, and at that convention, they handed out uh, envelopes to all the attendees. Uh, and they also announced... Uh, pathofsuns.com. You're going to want to check the show notes for a lot of this stuff because uh, we'll have the links in there. Uh, so they also announced this website, pathofsuns.com. Uh, and on that website, they had audio clips that started showing up on a daily basis. Uh, and they also had nine GPS coordinates that were listed on it. And those coordinates were to various places across the United States. And uh, shortly after Gen Con wrapped up, uh, I believe that some of those geocaches uh, were recovered and reported on. Um, so the place that those things got reported on was on the Invisible Sun Google Plus group. Uh, so you can check that out once again, show notes. Um, but a whole bunch of people started uh, you know, tracking these things down and reporting on them. And I'm going to pop this one open. Did you see what any of the 
you know, caches contained when they started getting like reported on the group? Yeah, I did. I did follow the contents of them, uh, and I even aspired to get one because they there was one hidden in Denton, Texas, which happens to be on the route I drive between my home in Texas and where I live in Oklahoma when I'm teaching. But it was discovered very quickly, like most of the other caches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that's that's the extent of which I kept up with it. Though I did uh, kind of, uh, 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 I guess. I did it like the um, the contents. Uh, I am hoping that we will see some of those in the boxes for the medallions and the keys. Yeah, we're we're going to be getting medallions. I, I believe weren't medallions part of even the base level of Kickstarter, or did you have to upgrade for those? I think the basic box includes a medallion randomly determined. Okay. Oh, probably based on. When you, when you, no, wait, that's the secret that was determined by the sun that you pledged in. Yeah, I think it specifically said randomly determined. Okay, perfect. So they can balance across. It's probably a lot harder for them to have unbalanced production cycles of medallions than it would be for um, secrets. (laughs) Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah, so the the caches got reported. You can find a whole bunch of links on the Google Plus group. but uh, the first people to find them, they were able to walk away with a medallion and an art card that also had uh, the Solaire image imprinted on the back of it, along with art from the Invisible Sun campaign. Uh, so that was kind of neat. Uh, they also came with messages that said, basically like, hey, good job you found this cash. Why don't you just uh, take, you know, take the goodies, leave the card in here and you know, replace the cash so that if somebody else comes along, they can find it. Uh, and, you know, feel like they were, you know, tracking down something in the wild. Uh, so, yeah, I thought this was really cool, too. Um, my my family and I, we go geocaching quite often. We've been geocaching for, I want to say, like six or seven years at this point. So it was really neat to see them putting geocaches out because uh, that's, that's right up my alley. The only thing is, is I was a little disappointed because the closest geocache to us was in Chicago. And that's about a four-hour drive away uh, <laughs> because they did continue the geocaches into the Kickstarter. Uh, so they started putting new ones out. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. But basically, I want to say that most of the caches were found, uh, but I think there were two that either were not found or were not reported on the group. So who knows what happened to those. So once the Kickstarter launched on August 15th, then... Puzzles started showing up. So these things basically started showing up immediately. I don't think anybody really figured that out until a couple updates in. Uh, but I'm going to talk about some of the some of the major puzzles that showed up with the Kickstarter. I want to say there's, let's see, one, two, three different types of puzzles that I'm aware of. And one of them, I don't think we ever came to a solution on. So why don't we start out with the solid door puzzles? Yeah, I have one I may add that I don't think has ever been solved uh, and has largely been forgotten. But we'll see when we get there. Cool. All right. So the solid door was, uh, it was linked to with the Green Sun update. I just want to check the date on the Green Sun because that was, that was the second sun that got Uh, published. So on August 16th, uh, so it would have been like two days in, so August 16th at midnight, there's a link on that update that says, 
what will open the door. And if you click on that, it takes you to a website um, that's actually it takes you to a page that's buried in the InvisibleSunRPG.com site. Uh, and it is a form and it has a button that says open the door with a question mark. Uh, so you can just punch in whatever you want here. And if you don't type in something that works, then hitting the button just says, hey, this, this doorway will not open for your key. Uh, there's also a background image on there that has a few numbers on it. Um, and I believe some people found this background image as part of like some stock photography somewhere. Uh, but it was still interesting because the numbers that are on it are, I think, two eights and a one. Like you could make that out if you pull that image out and you know dump it somewhere. Uh, they also hid the the Solaire image in there as well. So I'm not sure if those numbers and that image really led to any uh, solutions for the door puzzle. But uh, there were solutions that were found that got people through the doors. Uh, so the first solution that uh, that showed up, it was based on the clocks that were posted along with the initial Kickstarter launch. So they had nine articles that they linked out to. Uh, and those articles are our Kickstarter history, the Invisible Sun Kickstarter is different, deluxe games, group purchases, shipping, changing the way RPGs are played, the directed campaign, the active sun, and details of the contents. So each of those articles had a clock at the bottom of it. And there was a lot of discussion about, you know, what that might be. Uh, and one of the members of the Invisible Sun group, uh, who goes by the name Paladin Revenant, uh, he came up with a theory that basically said, what if you put the clocks uh, in our order and then just, you know, pull the number uh, that the minute hand is pointing to? and try sticking that into the solid door. And hey, guess what? That worked. Uh, so once people started getting through there, then that led them to a page which read, are you a spider or an ant? And it had a whole bunch of uh, pros about, uh, you know, the differences between spiders and ants and what they do and, you know, what they're all about. So... I don't know. We, we kind of hit that page and it was like, well, what are spiders and ants? Like, are these uh, representations of different schools of magic? Uh, are they, you know, something that's outside of the schools of magic? Like, what, what does this mean in, this, in Invisible Sun? Did you happen to read those pages? I read a bit about it and all I was able to find was that Monty refers to himself as a spider. Yes, Monty is a spider. Um, Shauna also answered that question too, uh, but it got buried in the Kickstarter comments. So I don't recall if she was a spider or an ant. Though, um, ants are particularly important in the history of surrealist art for what it's worth. Really? How so? Uh, they're a very common symbol in the early surrealist art and feature prominently in, 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 um, uh, an Andalusian dog, which is a famous surrealist short film. Okay. Uh, and I believe Dolly includes ants in a number of his paintings. Hmm. The more you know. Nice rainbow. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that gets me through the the spider or an ant prose. Oh, I doubt it does. 
<laughs> the good thing is we won't talk about every failed solution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not going to talk about all of those. All right, so that got us through the first time. Uh, and then a second solution popped up based on a clue uh, that showed up in the Indigo Sun update. And just bear with me a second, because I don't remember what the clue was in here. I think it was something about uh, there are multiple ways. Yes. Uh, so the clue that showed up with the Indigo Sun read, there is more than one way for clocks to be keys. And based on the research that Paladin Revenant had did, um, it looks like Ryan Chaddock and Robert Marino uh, were able to, you know, take that clue and suss out the second uh, solution to this door. Uh, so basically the solution this time was to take uh, the clocks, put them in the order of the minutes, and then use the hour. So I, it's it's really just the opposite of what we did uh, to get through it the first time. And it led to another page that was similar to the first, but it read, are you an ant or a spider? So swapping you know, the spider and the ant around. Uh, and it was a very similar set of pros about the differences between spiders and ants. Um, it was slightly different. Um, and a lot of people myself included, uh, we're reading through this and trying to figure out, is there a, a hidden message uh, in these two posts? Is there something in these pages that we should be finding that will tell us you know, what the importance of a spider versus an, versus an ant is? Is there something in here that we can punch into the solid door? Uh, are there paths that we can build into the URLs that would take us into other pages? Uh, so this, the spiders and ants, I've filed as a second type of puzzle. So we have the solid door puzzle, and then we have the spiders and ants. And I don't think we ever came to a good conclusion about spiders and ants. Like, it feels like there's some sort of puzzle there, but we never figured it out. Yeah, it may just be a reference that will get picked up in the prose of the actual game, and that it's just leading to this... Uh, element in the game, but I, I have not seen anything. I, I, I haven't seen anything to suggest there has been a solution uh, from the spider and ants clues that have led to some new discovery. There, there was one audio entry on the pathofsons.com that was about a spider. Uh, so there, there is something about spiders in the game, and there's, or at least in the fiction surrounding the game. Right. So maybe that's all it is. Maybe it was just color. But it'll be interesting to see. It does seem a little too tantalizing to be just that, though. It does. It really does. Um, and I guess once we figured out solution three, it led to another page. Uh, this time the page was really just about a setting. It was a location in Invisible Sun. So when you have two pages about spiders and ants, and then one page just about a setting in the game... To me, it just still feels like there's something about spiders and ants that's out there that we haven't figured out. Uh, but anyhow, solution number three. Um, there was a third way that we got through the uh, through the solid door puzzle. Uh, when people started finding the geocaches that were getting posted during the Kickstarter, a couple of them had memory sticks in them. Uh, one of the memory sticks was called the blade, and it contained an image of Wrong Cat. 
if you're unfamiliar with Roncat, uh, just take a look at the show notes. We'll have something in there. Uh, so it had Roncat and it also had a text file. And the image of Roncat had white text on a transparent background. So if you're just looking at it in a web browser, it's going to show up as just Roncat on a white background and you're not going to see this text. Uh, but if you open it up anywhere else, like it's going to become readily apparent that there's text in there. And it read, if you're looking for lies, use gray. So there was a whole bunch of discussion about what that could mean. And the text file that came along with it was uh, what also opens the door.txt. And the contents of that said, to see the door is opened by a lie, you may need an extra I. And I got to tell you, people hammered on this thing for days. Uh, a whole bunch of things were tried. Uh, there were a whole bunch of ideas tossed out there. And looking back on this one, they they had the solution for this in the Kickstarter from day one. It's in every single clock image. Uh, they even posted a few tweets that highlighted the solution. And nobody picked up on it. Uh, and... I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. There was a, a tweet that had an image of a clock and it was pointing at uh, the uh, Roman numeral for, well, it was pointing at the Roman numeral four, except that on the clocks, it's not correct. They have four I's instead of an I and a V. So once, once you see that, it becomes totally apparent about what you're supposed to do here. So if you punch in four eyes, it'll get you through the solid door again, and it'll take you to Fartown. And I got to tell you, once I saw that solution, oh man, I couldn't believe that it had just been there since the beginning of the Kickstarter. <laughs> so it gets you into a page that has a bunch of text about Fartown, and it talks about uh, how kids like to refer to it as Farttown. Uh, and it, well, so Farttown is going to make one of my players very happy. Um, also, Fartown is one of the dis. It well, it is the Visley district of uh, Saturine is the town, uh, the the city, isn't it? Um, that sounds right. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, so basically, there's this district that's part of Saturine, but not really connected to it, uh, called Fartown, where the Visley Visley like to live. So then, the last set of puzzles that they had were. Uh, geocaches. So they they put out a whole bunch of geocaches, uh, and they kept posting those um, every every few posts. Um, and like I said, the geocaches had uh, USB sticks that had files and images, and they were uh, the Google Plus group was able to use those uh, files to sort of predict when key falls were going to start showing up. And that was super cool. That was really handy. Um, some of the geocaches, like one of the clues was uh, there's going to be a, I'm paraphrasing here, there, there's going to be a key fall on uh, like the the day without labor or eh, I forget what it was, the day of rest without labor, maybe it was. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically there was a, a key fall on Labor Day uh, for, you know, people in the States to, you know, hop in and try and upgrade to the, the other uh, pledge level. And then there were two images that were found. There was the, the changery image, which also hinted at the solid door puzzle being out there. And then the wrong cat image, uh, which, you know, hinted at one of the 
solutions to the solid door puzzle. And I did a bit more work recently on these images to try and find more hidden information because there are still puzzles that we haven't solved. And I've been, you know, poking around at it every once in a while. Uh, so I took a look at the the images that they found and uh, went through the bytes and tried to figure out if there was anything else hidden in there. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't find anything useful. I just found a whole bunch of uh, Photoshop metadata, uh, but no, no hidden information. Uh, however, I did use uh, a whole bunch of the techniques that I figured out uh, to build out some interesting puzzles for my players for a little... Uh, lead-up campaign that I've been doing for them. We'll talk about that at some point. Uh, so the current state of the the puzzles, at some point, Shauna had stated in the Kickstarter comments that there were uh, two or three puzzles that hadn't been solved yet. And this came in before the Solid Door Puzzles third solution was figured out. So there could be one or two puzzles that we haven't figured out yet. And I'm really curious about what those things are. And hey, there is somebody that's going to find out for sure. Well, there's someone who knows. Several well, there's somebody who know. knows, yeah. Uh, yeah, Monty knows. Uh, I have a feeling that Shauna knows. Um, there's probably a few more people over at Monty Cook Games that know. Well, um, we happen to know who their web programmer is, too. Oh, yeah, John Arcadian. He, he probably knows a few things. <laughs> But yeah, then there was also that backer level where you get to know everything. Yeah, I don't know if those are the same secrets. I don't know. Uh, oh, but he was going to get like the the whole... Uh, whoever's backing at that level was going to get like design diaries and whatnot from Monty. Oh, maybe. Then. I thought there was a whole bunch of stuff to it. So whoever's doing that, let us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, also, not all the caches got recovered. There were still a few out there that either went missing or just you know they didn't they didn't find them. Uh, and then the the last the last thing that is still bugging me is the the spiders and the ants. Like it seems like there's something there, but nobody knows for sure. Yeah, there's one that may or may not be a puzzle. Um, yeah, it, what's that? <laughs> when they had the event at Gen Con, they handed out these black envelopes. Mm-hmm. And it said, "Wait until the, the basically wait until the Kickstarter starts to open your envelope. You open your envelope. There's it, it's an invitation. It's kind of like an an in game invitation to an event that's roughly corresponding to the Kickstarter itself. You go to a page, um, and it might even be the door page, but it, it directs you to a specific URL, and you enter in um, a, a a password, which I don't know if I should how much I should disclose there. I don't um, think we need to tell them the password." Right, but I don't think it's too much to say that you enter a password. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that the password itself is it's, it's kind of interesting because um, I, I knew a few people who had them, and with some consultation, there the passwords are not wholly independent, and they weren't random numbers or letters. So that's one thing. But beyond that, I also noticed that some of the proper names in the invitation were spelled differently uh, in different uh, invitations, and I don't even remember uh-huh. which ones. Um, but I'd have to go look it up. Uh, there's a post in the G plus community that I made basically asking that uh, whether other people had the terms spelled differently in their versions of the invitation. And there's at least two and maybe three different versions of the invitations, it seems. Huh. That is really interesting. I did not know this. 
It could be a printing error. It could be a way for them to indicate if there's a difference in those invitations and what the results, like what the, it's, you, you, apparently if you have the invitation, you sign up on the website with the mm-hmm. invitation and sign up for the Kickstarter, you get some sort of bonus. Um, what you get may vary depending upon which of those invitations you had. And that may be indicated based on, the, or the only indication on the invitation uh, would be, might be the uh, spelling of those names. I, but that's, I don't know. That's a guess. Well, I'm going to have to talk to some of the people I know and see if we can get a list of all the different types of invitations that are out there. I'll have to dig up more information on like what, what it was exactly that was spelled differently. And Oh, I, I think I remember what it was. Uh, the, what tipped me off was someone posted a picture of their invitation, ex- mm-hmm. but they they uh, cut off the password. And I noticed in their their image that the words were spelled differently, or at least one of the words was spelled differently. So that's what oh, that's really off. cool. And so there's a po- there's a post in there somewhere that I made asking if other people if we and but we never had enough responses to figure out what a distribution looked like. Yeah, uh, we should dig that post up and put it in the show notes. We will we'll dig up dig that up soon. So that's where we're at with the arc. We've got a, a bunch of puzzles out there that haven't been solved, and I don't think anybody uh, at this point has the motivation to go in and really you know crank on them it'll be interesting to see whether they ever tell us the answer to these uh, whether they are included in the, the the big box of super duper secrets if whoever did bid for that actually discusses it or whether they hold it in their pocket because it's something only they know and the whole game's about how secrets have value mm-hmm. uh, we'll have to see uh, it's also it would not shock me if come this time next year as the game approaches release, we see another wave of these sorts of activities. That would be kind of interesting. In fact, now that I think about it, it'd be a nice little uh, uh, advertising uh, gimmick to have a series of these right around Gen Con again. And then say, oh, by the way, we have a pre-order. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't mind more puzzles because <laughs> these puzzles are pretty fun. They were popular, and they seemed to engage different audiences in different ways, which was wonderful. So some people really got into the geocaching, and other people were really getting into the codes of the of the clocks and the kind of more technical code-breaking elements. And it was fun to see how many different communities were, were, were mobilized along different lines of this process. Yeah, and it was, it was fun being part of the process. It was fun just sort of being a fly on the wall and following along at times. So I, I'm still curious to see if we will figure out the rest of these puzzles. Only time will tell. Maybe you discovered something today. Maybe you need to look closer. The music was titled Beyond from Wes Otis and Plate Mail Games. It is available from DriveThruRPG. Invisible Sun is the intellectual property of Monty Cook Games. You can find a link to their website in the show notes. You can find our blog at incantationspodcast.blogspot.com. You can find me at Dr. Scott Robinson on Twitter. And you can find me at Tex underscore Red on Twitter. So... Hey, if you like what you hear, leave us a rating uh, and a review on iTunes. We hear that's uh, really helpful for people to find our show. 
another good way to help us out is to tell a friend about the show and tell them you know how to find us and where to listen to it. Um, another thing we should probably mention in this outro is that we are going to be guests on the next episode of the Cyphercaster. Absolutely, watch for us. Is it the Cyphercaster? What's their podcast called? I believe it is the Cyphercast. That's right. I was mixing it up. The Cyphercaster is the magazine. Um, but yeah, we, we got to guest on the Cyphercast, and that was a lot of fun. And it was you know really cool to you know hang out with another podcast and talk about Invisible Sun, and you know just be able to you know listen in on what they talk about. And and if you haven't got enough from us from the podcast itself, also check our blog because in addition to the show notes. Uh, in the weeks we're not releasing episodes, we're trying to fill in some uh, other material with just blog posts, especially uh, where we can investigate topics that are more visual and thus poorly suited for a podcast environment. So you can get your incantations uh, fix in even in weeks when we don't have a podcast to release. Yeah, so thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in two weeks.